Welcome to Bookmark, where you can take a pause and dive into the wide world of literature. I'm Austin. And I'm Abby. And today we will be discussing Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chomsky. And um, this episode may contain spoilers for Perks of Being a Wallflower, so please listen at your own risk. Also, we are going to go ahead and preface this with a trigger warning for sexual abuse content. And so if that is something that's not cool with you, you can go ahead and tune out now. Um... And the views expressed in this podcast are the ones of the participants and not shared by the Benton School District. Thank you. All right. So as Austin said, we're talking about the perks of being a wallflower, which follows Charlie, who's the protagonist of the story. And it's his experience with his freshman year of high school, I believe. Yes. And it's written like he's writing he's writing letters to a person. Well, it's just best he just says, Dear friend. And we're going to discuss that later in our episode because it's like who, nobody knows who he's writing to. Um, but I just felt like Parks was a very real and honest interpretation of high school. Yeah, it it's was not glossed over because a lot of movies and like other books are just like high school is the best time of my life. And high school is hard, man. High school is really hard. And I think that per- what Perks does in does a really good job of is it describes the life of someone who is going through an American high school experience. Like it's yes, it's really it's close to exactly what happens. It, there's yes. some things that are um that are dramatized for dramatic the, effect yeah for dramatic effect it's it's got some like it it's to get your attention but it's also a very good interpretation of what the high school experience is and i found it wasn't toxic to me because sometimes you see like books and it's you know the girls are like you know the guys are all toxically masculine and the girls are all catty mean girls this one was not it was a very it's pleasant experience as far as that goes it's really like exactly how people in high school are now there are since it is written from our character's point of view it um does have some things that are that have a lens applied based off of his experiences and we don't we don't know what these experiences are till the very end when we find out um that when he was younger he was molested by his aunt yes he was molested by his aunt and this was happening it it's implied that this was happening for a long time and was happening every week i think so his aunt would come over to babysit charlie and his older brother and sister and charlie never realizes he doesn't realize until the end that his aunt was molesting him and I, th- I think he just his brain repressed the memories and it was a thing it was a big thing i think i don't think he realized that his aunt was molesting him but i think how he finally comes to this realization is that he realizes that his brother and sister were sent out of the room every single night and he got to stay up late with special treatment and watched tv with his aunt and that's what he he really enjoyed that and was really sad that his aunt had passed away well do you remember because he um that girl sam is the Mm -hmm. girl's name sam Sam. yeah he and sam have like a share like a physical moment i think they kiss or something i think what was happening was if i remember correctly is he it was a christmas party at sam's place and it was him with him and sam were last left alone and they put on a record and they were getting 
laid down and like having time with boyfriend and girlfriend, you know. And it all these memories suddenly rush back. It was like and a trigger for him and he realized what happened. He it was a trigger for him. Not only did he realize what happened, he went into a mental break. Yeah, he he had a he had a yeah. Uh, he, which is really, it, this, it shows how well this book tries to stick to real life. Because if we look at the psychological standpoint, this is exactly what can happen with repressed, repressed memories. It's all of a sudden you can face a trigger and all of a sudden these memories are just brought back up and you're flooded like it had never happened before. And it's just rehappening. Yeah. And it's terrifying from what I understood from Charlie's point of view. Um, So, one thing that I sometimes wonder, so obviously Charlie never didn't realize what truly happened until that moment, but I wonder how much of his, how many of his actions were like, um, kind of guided by that, because do you remember when his friend Patrick, for those of you watching at home, Patrick was gay, um, and Patrick, he, someone broke up with him or something happened and he was very emotionally unstable and Charlie let Patrick like kiss him and it, nothing ever happened between them except kissing. But mm-hmm. Charlie, it, it, it always seemed to me like Charlie was never really found himself in the book. And I know that in high school, you're like discovering yourself and finding out who you are, but most people have at least some idea and Charlie never did. And I just wonder if maybe what happened to him. It probably caused him to not explore his own feelings. It probably caused him to really shell up and... Like like re- like a regression, yes. almost. Yeah. Like he was stuck in that moment forever. Yeah, or maybe his, his, his... Like he didn't remember, but his subconscious did and just wouldn't really let him... Get past it. Yeah. Well, because remember, he was, he was... He felt attraction to Sam. Yeah. Um, the girl, he, so on like the first day of school or something, Sam comes up to him and befriends Charlie and Charlie's never really had great friends or just many friends at all, really. And he's friends with Sam, but there is also an attraction there. It's not shared. Really? She sees him more as like a a kid brother almost. That was the vibe I got. So what it is, is he's really attracted to her. He, in fact, I'm pretty sure he tells her that he's attracted to her. He does. And she tells him that he's too young. That's really what it comes down to is he's too young and he she doesn't think of him that way. But she, she let him down very easily. Yes. She could have been mean and it doesn't affect their relationship. Not really. at all. It's Which is nice. They still go to their football games together. They still and hang out. And they do still. teenager stuff. And, and she really like, he's never had this like influence where he has someone to just go and talk to about what life is or even really he doesn't really i didn't get the vibe that he really talked to his parents either they it was really loosely in that sense yeah that where there was kind of a disconnect it's like oh yeah i live with these people they take care of me but we don't really like talk or anything yeah and i feel like that sam and patrick are really just these two older kids in the high school that really if you've been through high school, they adopt him. Like it's yes, and I would argue that they he really needed to be adopted. Yes, and they tell talk to him about life. They talk to him about things that parents 
won't really talk to ch- their children about, and they talk about things that maybe he doesn't want to talk to parents about. He, they, uh, Sam and Patrick offer like a like a safe space, yeah, for him to you know find out about things that you know you don't want to ask. There's some stuff you don't want to ask your parents. Yeah, like the, there's a lot at that age that you're going through, and you don't want to go to your parents about it because it's awkward and you're not sure what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And he was able to go to them and they explained things because they're, I think they're, I think at least Patrick is a senior. Yes, they're both upperclassmen. He's a, Charlie is a freshman. I think they're seniors or juniors. Patrick's I, definitely a senior. Patrick's definitely a senior because he graduates. Yes, that, of course. That's right. And, um, I think Sam does too because remember she like leaves at the yeah. end or something, right? I don't, I don't think that she that she is a senior. I think she, I got more of a junior vibe from her. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I that. when they're packing up to send Patrick to college, they're not packing up Sam's stuff. You're right. I think I got mixed up with that. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I think it was super important for Charlie to have that environment. And he doesn't just like make, he, he's mainly friends with Sam and Patrick, but he's also just kind of absorbed into their group of friends. Yeah, it's, he really gets in, and it does a good job of showing how in high school there are outcasts, yes. but they're not really outcasts. They have their own clique, you know? They're yeah. not- Outcasts com- band together. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is a group of outcasts that are banding together, and they live like the average American outcast group. Yeah, but you see, they're, they're kind of outcasts, but they, they found each other, and they're all different, but they can still, they still work, you know? Yeah. They still, they're going to parties together, like, they're hosting their own parties for all of their clique, and, and it's just, I think that it shows a good job of what this type of people in high school would do. Like, it's, it just shows, it's a really good representation of it. Yeah. Okay, um, the one of the last things I wanted to talk about, about is the writing style of this book. It's written in letter format, in which I really enjoyed. It gives you it gives you a piece inside of the mind of the character, and it tells this. It does a good job of telling the story through through that. And um, but we're left off with this mystery person that he is writing to throughout the story. Yeah, because Charlie just addresses the letters to dear friend. Yes, and we, it's never stated who the friend is. The only information that we get about who this friend is is it says I'm writing to you because she said you listen and understand and didn't try to sleep with that person at the party even though you could have and that's really the only information we get about him so this could be like a passing person in the hall that he's just slipping a letter into that Sam has told him is a good person to talk to yeah and um that's really all the information we get so this could be literally anyone at the high school the only information we get is that they went to a party at some point. Well, I've also heard theories that it could be uh, the teacher, Charlie's teacher, the one that gives him the books and kind of helps him to grow. That gets really close to him. It could be, but um, he, since he addresses the letter with his name at the end every time, I don't think that is what it's going to be because they get him and his teacher are really close, and point. so they would know it was him. That's true. And he also yeah. writes about the teacher. Yeah, that would be a little weird to write about yeah. your teacher if you're giving a letter to your teacher. Yeah, and so I think this is just another passing face in the hall. 
I think that's what it that is. Could be. It might be easier to write to an anonymous face than it would be yeah. to someone you know, like intimately. Yeah, I think that's what this was. Is his way of just writing to a path, passing face in the hall, and really fleshing out his inner thoughts and his like what he thinks. Yeah, one thing that I I find important, I guess, is that so in this story, it is Charlie, a male, who's abused by a female because. I say important, I just something you should make note of, because usually it's a girl is assaulted by a boy at a party. This is like a, a flip, and I think that's important and for I, representation. I think that's important for representation. I also think it shows the difference between a male and a female's point of view with molestation. Like, Yes, you a don't male, usually see a male's yes, point of view. And a male is more likely to bottle that up and not repress say it, it yeah. and repress it and just pretend like it never happened, whereas a female may actually go out and tell someone. Yes. Well, there's a, I think there's a sense of shame. Granted, I'm not yes. a man. It's, but there's I, a sense of shame that accompanies, like, assault if you're a man. Because it's, you're, like, you know, quote-unquote unmanly or something because you let that happen. And that's not right, but that's how it's seen by a lot of people. Yeah, I think that it was a very good way to introduce this and talk, talk about it. And I think it was a good way for representation to show that it's not just women who get molested. It's also men because that's something that we never really talk about or think about especially men can be molested as well men can be victims of sexual assault as well as females and i think this is a very good uh indicator and shower of that yes um well that's all the time we have for today guys i think that is really if anyone if anyone listening to this has been molested or hurt please tell someone there is no shame in telling someone it is not your fault it is not your fault and you are not alone there are people this is a horrible situation and it's something that you need to reach out and tell someone because they can help you it's not shameful and um you're not alone yes anyways um this has been bookmarked Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. The music is brought to you by Fezland Studios. Thank you, guys.